You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to episode 34, season 2 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and passion please for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Today we've got, uh, well, Mike, we are back from the dead, <laughs> at least uh, from a perspective of playing in Tampa Bay. Uh, Red Wings take down the Lightning 5-1. to one. Uh, well, Let's also talk about, uh, Mike, we have a new article on the website that goes very in-depth into if Philadelphia... Uh, the Flyers could be a trade partner with the Red Wings. Uh, COVID situation in Vancouver, we'll touch on that. And uh, the Sveshnikov waiver scare, let's uh, discuss what that could possibly mean. Uh, but before we get into all that fun stuff... Oh man, we gotta do business? Got some right, we'll get into the business. Alright. Matt, 68 teams started the tournament, only the best have survived. Matt, you know what? One of those best players, uh, Jalen Suggs, who, you know, you probably don't care because he plays college and because he plays basketball but he might end up a detroit piston because much like the wings uh their draft slot always tumbles down the list so he's probably going to be there at five sitting there for the pistons who should draft number one Anywho, oh boy uh yeah so you know what maybe you can't count on the draft odds but you can count on DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app putting new customers in the center of the action Bet a dollar on any tournament game. We're kind of running out of games, so you probably want to get on this. Um, and if your team wins, they have to win. You can't just bet on them. Ah, you win $100. That's simple. So turn a dollar to $100 and 101 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt, and there's only like two left. So uh might want to pick one and uh, get your shot at $100 in this $1 bet. Uh, there's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test. You've got to feel pretty good about the two best teams that are left and put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. Uh, don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. Also, I mean, when it's over, uh, there's other things to, to bet on. So hopefully yes. this is uh, the, the relevance of this is, is dropping quickly. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> offers daily odds boost of pro basketball, hockey, golf, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, so you can deposit, withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team you're choosing pulls off the win. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only, only very limited time only, everybody, for that bet. Uh, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Man, uh, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Glad that list got a lot shorter. Um, all right. So we've uh, dwindled our audience down to one. Good to see. Thanks, DraftKings. All right, Love and uh, thank you for the uh, super relevant 68-team tournament. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> Matt, you know, I got two games for you today. I'm going to open up with a classic game. Uh, we're going to save the new game for a little bit later on. Matt, we're going to open up with, where's Jeff Blaschel? 
Jeff. Do we get a Jeff oh. image or no? I'm sorry. I I thought you said the old game was for later. Oh no, we're gonna open up there. Who's that? Who's Pokemon. That Pokemon? Starring head really coach confused. Jeff Blashell. That's okay. You know what's really confusing? Also, in this edition of Who's That Pokemon, uh, it's not Jeff Blashell. Gosh, playing it, Matt. It's gonna be Dylan Larkin talking Let's about a player. It. So you know Larkin is off the board. You know Blashell's off the board. He doesn't lace him up anymore, Matt. Uh, Paul Wood's going to read this one. Here he comes. Uh, very excited to be here once again. Uh, Matt, uh, fill in the player blank. He plays hard, plays the right way, goes to the right areas at the right times. He's got great timing in front of the net. He's got a great shot. But things didn't go his way. He's always stuck with it. That's something everyone can learn from, no matter what you're going through statistically. Just play the right way. Now, Matt, I will give you an extra hint. Not only is this not Larkin, it's not Blashell. It may have been in the last couple days. So that should further narrow it down. Uh, so it wasn't today. Today includes the last couple of days, Matt. Ah. Don't be too hasty. All right. Well, I mean, uh, I guess Larkin, it would... Larkin really made this easy for you, Matt. He's a, he's a hard player. He's a right-way yeah. player. And he's always at the right area at the right time. He's not in the wrong area at the wrong time. That's not him. I mean, what's funny is when he says that, like, if, if I was on the Red Wings, I would immediately think he was talking about me, about me being in the wrong place at the wrong time. All right, I'll just I'll just try Adam Ernie. Let's, let's do that. I, I... <sighs> Matt opens up the show with a win. Woo! Yeah! It was Adam Matt... Ernie himself. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, calling out the guy that... Scored a goal, and uh, he's... Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, he's now uh, third on the team in goals, Matt. Who would have thought it? What I wanted to do was take and ask that question, Mike. Like, is oh. Adam Ernie developing in the right direction? Can we give oh. Jeff Blaschel any credit there, or are we still going to say it's it's insignificant because it's Adam Ernie? Like, what, what do we do with this information? How do we process it? We, we sat back, Mike and said somebody's a doofus for really railing on Jeff Blaschel for his ability to develop these guys because we never know what's going on in practice. You don't actually know how these guys are being developed. We don't know what they're talking about and saying, like, this is where your focus should be. Um, and, and instead, now now we, we played that game, but I, I just want to take it, you know, we played that game for, for Anthony Mantha, but now we're taking it to, to Adam Ernie. What do we do with that information in regards to development? Like, where, where's your head at? You're just laughing at me. I, I don't. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at like uh, something else. It's uh, <laughs> such a piece of garbage. <laughs> no, you, you, um, know, you can you? I, I will say that you know it's it's not fair to cherry pick and give Jeff all the blame and none of the credit. You know when things go right for you know a couple of the players, um, but you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's probably what it was. Top two goal scorers are Ernie, wasn't that a, an Iserman project? And Bobby Ryan, who's 33, and you know, we outsourced him. Um, so you know, and collectively, no, the talent's not really there, but I don't know if Blashell's really got this dazzling resume of you know, hot shots who are you know, nose pickers and suddenly they're goal scorers. It's just, uh, you know, he's. <laughs> I don't know if he's got this dazzling resume of, you know, 
a who's who of guys who couldn't find their way. And he, you know, Dumbledore and Gandalf does his way into their hearts. I, I you know, I, I'm just, I'm not going to put too much stock into, uh, you know, his impact on Mantha. And I'm not going to put too much into Ernie, I guess. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a fence straddler. I think, I think that's where I wanted this to go. Now that you, you made that point. Like, I, I, I guess the direction I was heading was for anybody that said he doesn't know how to develop because of Mantha's production this year. Like, are, are we then allowed to turn it on that person and say, well, then I guess he must be the greatest coach of all time because he turned Adam Ernie into a, a point, a 1.89 points per 60 player, which is far beyond, I think, what we would have asked him to be. A 20-goal tw scorer if we are playing an 82-game season. That's what he's on pace for. Is that what we really picked up Adam Ernie and, and thought was going to happen? So <clears throat> I think what I want is to say – I don't actually, I, I agree with you. I don't think like Jeff Blaschel has like turned Adam Ernie into a goal scorer, but like this is, if you think that sounds ridiculous for me to say, that's how ridiculous you sound to me when someone says that he's ruined Anthony Mantha. Yeah. I don't think he's ruined Anthony Mantha. I mean, I right, just not just, yeah. forget Anthony Mantha. I'm saying the, the idea of, well, I mean, you did bring him up. Fine, then discuss that. But do you, okay. do you see what I'm saying? I feel like it's still getting missed. I, I want it to be a wash, okay? If, if Adam Ernie's going to outplay where he was supposed to be, I mean, even when Tyler Bertuzzi was in, he, he was doing actually, I think, above and beyond where we would have expected based on like a points per 60 performance. Um, so Let me ask you this, Matt. Before we uh, whitewash Blashill, Next season, Mo Sider comes aboard, gets no goals, two assists, and he's like a minus 12. Is that Blaschel or Sider? It's neither. He's going to be a kid coming <laughs> into the NHL. Who are you going to blame, Matt? Nobody. I'm going to sit there and go, man, who, I can't wait for him to get who's some gonna get? Who's going to get the blame? Well, Jeff Blaschel will. That's goddamn right. Yeah, that's where I'm coming at with this argument. All right, like, I get it. Like, Adam Ernie is not a <laughs> top six forward. We know that. Maybe, you know what? It, I'm going to say that right now, and then he's going to go on a tear in the next week, and we're going to be going, he is a top six forward. But I'm not, it's, it really has nothing to do with Adam Ernie. It really has nothing to do with Anthony Mantha. It's all about this narrative, a narrative with no real basis and knowing what's going on in practice knowing what's going on in every player's head and we make these assumptions that <laughs> the development of a certain person has gone already or just in the wrong direction and, and somebody needs to go and i think you and i have, have actually put together quite the case of people overreacting because this team really wasn't going to perform that well and all in all when the season started we asked for little improvements and we have seen little improvements. So I don't want Jeff Blaschel around this team any longer than anybody else. Like, I know some people want him fired today, but I don't want him here. You know, we don't need to give him an extension. But, Matt, yeah. Times have changed. The wings are getting worse. They won't obey the coaches. They just want to fart and curse. Should we blame Ken Holland or blame society or should we blame the images on TV 
No, blame Jeff Fleshell. Blame Jeff Fleshell. Um, man, he's the ultimate blank Canada, and I don't know if it's really deserving. I'm glad I brought up a movie from 1998 just for me. You were um, really excited to bring that up. Okay, so I, I, I get it. You don't want to talk about this. Nobody wants to talk it's about it. It's not that I don't I want to. It's just, there. I, I, I don't know. This, it, it, it doesn't, it, it, it's not a point for me because I, I don't think that he should get blamed for Manta. Um, I don't know how you really blame him for who's on the team. I, you know, Iserman knew what was happening. <laughs> he knew we were icing a team this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't really blame Jeff and right. it kind of stinks that in the same, you know, in negotiations for Blashill getting his next contract or getting his next NHL head coaching job, you know. He's going to have to be like, you saw what I did with Adam Ernie, right? Mm -mm. This guy right here. Boom, boom. And, like, and that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't don't actually think he's going to do that. I don't think Steve Eiserman's going to look at it and go, whoa, you turned Adam Ernie into a 20 goal scorer uh, for that one moment, like in that part of the season, you could have statistically turned him into one. Like, <laughs> nobody's going to do that in negotiations. I get that. I'm just saying, like, you can't, you can't have it one way and then turn it the other. So I guess I'm trying to open people's eyes to a different way of looking at this. That if we, if we, uh, oh, how about if we crucify him? <laughs> uh, for one thing, like you, you'd also have to. At <laughs> uh, it's timely. It's Easter. Yeah, it's uh, uh, definitely a selective memory. Yeah, it's definitely selective memory and cherry picking. That's why right. I, it's not a conversation that really interests me because I guess. I, I know those people and I, 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 I don't know if you're really going to change their minds, you know? Um, then you're, you're basically, you're preaching to the choir with me. Cause I, I, I agree. I, I, I just don't know if I the, yeah. the full, the full picture for, for Blash is it's like, it's also not enough to like keep them around as a forever coach. You know, one of those guys who's here for 35, 40 years, it's just, you know, it's, Fine, I, you know, I don't. I just don't think he's, you know, quite done enough to say this is a guy that is going to retire a Red Wing as a head coach. <clears throat> so, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, I did want to talk about the Lightning uh, and Red Wings game today. Uh, it's a little, little puzzling going through the uh, analytics here, Mike. Uh, six, sixty-three percent. Uh, Corsi four for the Lightning. The possession was all in the Lightning's favor today. I was. Uh, this this was remarkable to me, but um, considering it was five to one, the expected goals for the game put it at a one to one pace, which is wow. also incredible to me. Uh, th th this 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 must have been such a hard game uh, to to figure out if you were. I, I would say if you were watching this, and I I kind of hate the NBC analysis, but I'm just I'm trying to put it in there. Is just this idea that. If this game was being uh, really taken to the side, pushed to the boards, and I think my evidence there would be a heat map uh, from Natural Stat Trick that I could pull up. You can see all the heat spots for Tampa Bay are on the outside, closer to the point, and then it actually is pretty light uh, out in front of the net. So Tampa did not get a ton of uh, a ton of chances five on five uh, out out in front of Grice. Uh, so, so ultimately, you're you're looking at this because uh, the same could be said for what the Red Wings were doing for a couple of periods, but the Wings just couldn't be stopped. 
Uh, we had uh, Christopher Gibson, Mike, or uh, I don't know if I should pull this up from Elite Prospects because I. Uh, Are you my, saying that right? Oh yeah, uh, should I pull this up? Let's see. Yeah. Uh, this this would be for. I heard it's for, actually uh, Christopher Gibson. Right. Uh, we got this for our boy Jesse. Uh, let's share this real quick. All right. So I think it's Christopher Gibson, but maybe like as we've been told, we have to go by Elite Prospects uh, pronunciation page. So. Well, we'll just throw this through. Christopher Gibson. Uh, so you were you were but you were butchering it. It's more right. much more uh, Christopher Gibson. Right. I mean, you couldn't go by you couldn't go by how you may have once uh, seen the name pronounced. You have to go by elite prospect. Christopher Gibson. So uh, he did not pull, play well today, Mike. Uh, for all the reasons that we give Grace a hard time uh, week after week, game after game. Uh, it it, uh, it was pretty ugly because you go back to that expected goals for, or uh, I guess uh, in our sense, or, or for Christopher Gibson's sense, the expected goals against of 1.09. Uh, three goals against uh, five on five, and uh, of course, uh, four. Because so again, empty Yeah, that was uh, four total today. That was a uh, Lightning really had like a uh, 2020 Red Wing special there for like three minutes in that second period. <laughs> Where. It was just this barrage of baloney where, you know, I, I don't know who you can really blame. Um, I think the announcers even said, wow, those are like some old school uh, Joe Lewis plays off the boards there. Where the first <laughs> one goal that just kind of caromed, like uh, had a, like a, a knuckleball spin on it. And it just spun right in front of the net uh, for a freebie uh, for us when we had that little barrage. Um, so, yeah, but I, mean, I, I got to say that this games like this excite me because not not that uh the red wings necessarily dominated you know you talked about what the the even strength numbers actually were where lightning still you know controlled the play for the most part but when you're at the deadline and you're you're trying to seduce a rival gm into taking some of your rentals or garbage uh like almost almost every forward was on the stat sheet today um almost you know all the defensemen in some capacity one, two, yeah, contributed. We got a Mark Stahl goal, Matt. We got um, Glenn Denning had a couple assists. So it's those kind of, you know, little um, surface-level points that excite me because it, it means maybe there's a little bit higher likelihood of, you know, Eisman being able to turn those guys into draft picks. Um, so, you know, hopefully their other teams aren't watching the tape as much because this was Tampa Bay's backup goalie. Uh, this was definitely uh, smoke and mirrors uh, when – Basically, you know, three lucky goals went in and, you know, roughly one per minute. Um, there wasn't really a lot Gibson could do, uh, Gibson. Um, so, I, I mean, it was fun for us because we got to win, but I, I don't it's, I don't think you would watch this and go, <laughs> we're back, baby. Woo, we're going to playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you, you take a look, I'm on uh, his Elite Prospects page right now so we could find out uh, yeah. Gibson's, uh, the proper pronunciation, but... Uh, this is his worst game since like 2010 when he played uh, in the in the U20 International Juniors. <laughs> oh god! So uh, at that point, he actually still played a somewhat better game, posting a 767 save percentage compared to the 765 he posted today. But I mean, you you go back and the AHL has been pretty solid, 925 uh, this past year. I guess just two games, but. Uh, uh, when he was with the, the Bridgeport Tigers and the New York Islanders, I mean, we saw some 940 save percentages, actually, with a couple of stints with the Islanders. Um, and, and everything pretty much was above 900 
going back to uh, 2015. So this this in all all directions for for Gibson is is an anomaly to his game to play this horribly. But yeah, this this is something where I I don't know what happened because he's had his stints in the uh, the NHL. He's not too far away in the AHL. It's not like he hasn't been playing goalie. Uh, yeah. And yeah, he just got me. He got lunched in this one. But uh, furthermore, when you, you go back and uh, take a look at what was going on with the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and what they were able to post five on five, we, we already mentioned it, but the uh, expected goals, uh, it, it was actually still a loss, believe it or not, for Grice in regards to his expected goals against on a five on five gameplay. He was expected to give up 0.96 goals, Mike. He gave up one five on five. So we're being nitpicky here, but it just feels like for Grice, it never ends with this expected goal stat because he is one of the worst five. He, no, I'm sorry. He is the worst five on five uh, goal save above against, uh, above against. And it continues, Mike. It just it, like even in a win, even in a five to one win where Tampa is peppering the net, I guess 23 shots, but from a shot attempts perspective, they were peppering the net. Yeah. Uh, it, it still goes the other way for Grace. Um, but I, I, I kind of still wanted to point that out uh, only because people were were still on Twitter making mention of can't believe Grice is finally getting goal support, which I guess is a thing. But also Grice is performing worse than any goalie in the league. So I don't know if that comment needs to be made. And he's still five on five uh, underperformed from an expected goal perspective. So that's not a perfect stat. It's just one of those things that we have very little to judge a goaltender on. And that yeah. seems to be the consensus right now. And even in a game where he looks great, Mike, he posts a 957 save percentage five on five, but it's still, he still falls short over under uh, what he was supposed to give up. Just, yeah, this, I, it's like it never ends for Grice. It's kind of I know. We, we, that guy gets hammered in every episode of our show. Um, I, I just, he just can't do right, even in a five to one. Um, but, uh, Matt, we talk about, you know, being positive. So I'm glad that, you know, we got to cover both Lightning games um, in this little series. Because um, even when we lost, you know, we, we went down 2 0, and then uh, Blash made the move to put Glenn Denning on the wing. And for some reason, that, totally turned the game around and Tampa stopped, you know, kicking us in the tookies. Uh, we didn't score a lot, but you know, we shut off the valve. Um, but it's just, you know, we're talking about positives, trying to find hope. Um, I, something about the way the wings have been playing, um, you know, their little, little division here. Um, uh, you know, last season we just, we lost to bad teams. We lost to mediocre teams. So we really lost to good teams like badly. Um, but you know, it's uh, we finally put this uh, streak to bed. Um, I think the last time we wanted Tampa, Pavel Datsuk was on the stat sheet. Um, so it's been that long. Um, and it, it feels like we, we actually get up. I don't know if, well, maybe we're bringing the good teams down to our level, but at least it's competitive and we're playing, you know, Stanley Cup champion Lightning, um, you know, either closely in the previous game or, you know, outright winning and, you know, just yeah. kind of holding on to our butts. Uh, you know, Samuel Jackson in Jurassic Park style, um, even if the smoke and mirrors were most of our offensive output. It's, you know, got to be extremely frustrating for Tampa Bay to be trying to pad those, you know, wins um, in the column there and get some points and then have to lose at home to the Red Wings with the Gricer, who that's his nickname, Matt. 
His last name's Grice. Uh, they just added an ER at the end for the Gricer. So, well, not we a also, hot nickname. We also can't ignore uh, the power play today because uh, we saw one of the most uh, effective uh, mobile power plays the Red Wings have had in, in keeping the puck in the offensive zone uh, yeah. for what seemed like forever, I'm sure, for Tampa, Tampa Bay fans. That's what it felt like. Uh, Mike, you had in one sequence uh, a Datsuk-like turnover, which I dubbed my favorite non-goal play since the end of the Datsuk era. Uh, and I, I just <laughs> – it, it, was, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah. We also had a puck knocked out of midair to continue the play and keep the puck onside. And then, of course, Larkin with just the beauty of, of a shot. I, Mike, I, I, it just has to go. I, I get, you got to put it out there. And I, I can't believe I, I saw this on Twitter, too. But there were there, there's apparently a group of people that are Zadina haters. Um, but this is, oh. this is it. Like, this is... <laughs> He he showed like where that potential lies, and you know we've we've looked at the points. We've looked at the points for sixty. We know how young this kid is. If anybody's given Z- Zadina a hard time, you gotta there's a there's a lot of things going wrong with Detroit sports. But that's uh, 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 yeah, I, one of them. You know, there's definitely uh, more deserving soapboxes, I think, than uh, the <laughs> right. Zadina end is nigh uh, mentality. I <laughs> there's. There's other people on his line uh, that you could arguably get more upset about. So I I, I wouldn't be uh, crushing Zadina at this point in his career. No. And we've got, I think I could pull this up here. Uh, hopefully we don't get in too much trouble. But we'll just show it a couple times before uh, our YouTube page gets shut down. But you can see Zadina up in the, uh, I wonder, Mike, can you see that mouse? Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's right over there. Okay. There he goes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. It's actually what's funny if if he didn't steal that puck back, it was going to be an amazing play by Tampa to get the puck away from Zadina, totally flipping him out of his shorts. But uh, he comes right back, and that's I mean that's where you want to start to dissect that because it is a tremendous play by Tampa to start that. But he didn't give up on it. He kept skating. He kept pushing. I that's what you got to see. You don't want to see these guys giving up on the play. And Zadina's in a game against Tampa Bay. They just want, lost the day before. I mean, we know what the Red Wings record is. But, man, I, I get a guy that we know has the skill to shoot, and he's still scrappy and has and, and doesn't give up on plays like that. And knowing, too, like it's a power play, right? So they toss the puck down the ice. Uh, Zadina just gets to reset. It's It's actually not too big of a loss if he gives up right there. But he doesn't. Um, I mean, it, it is one thing that I think they could have maybe taken, uh, if one of our defenders plopped over, maybe it would have been a, a two on one, but I, I, I don't know. That's I'm mentioning that, you know what? Forget that. I'm watching the replay over and over here. That, that, that wasn't going to happen. Larkin was already back there, but, um, yeah, I, long story short, it's just good to see a guy that's not giving up on a play that, um, he could have. It wouldn't have killed us. We just get to reset, maybe even get to change lines. But ultimately, because he made that play, keeps puck in the zone, we score a goal. Uh, it's just it's good to see on a guy that um, we just dubbed as as highly skilled, and we just have to wait till that uh, whatever what that expectation was, what that first round draft pick was to catch up. No, the tenacity's there, the effort's there. We love it. Uh, just I love news. it. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you want to? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the impact. Oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, Mike Svechnikov cleared waivers again this week. Um, 
I wanted to talk about that because it it seemed to me <clears throat> I, I tweeted out like that he should go, like he should get picked up based on what he was able to do. He he was at uh, the three, um, at at the time I think I don't know. He had just came down below the uh, the three points per sixty. Uh, so he, it's it's that's still fantastic. I mean, he still leads the team in points per sixty. Um, but it, it's one of those things that he, when he played, he put up good shots. He was productive. It's not like we could just sit here and say, "Hey, his analytics were good." No, the hard numbers were there too. Um, and a lot of people made the assessment that maybe he just needs that opportunity. Maybe he needs to be on a top six to really shine. And um, he didn't get picked up. So where I wanted to take this was uh, because it was mentioned to me when I said he should get picked up um, that there's probably an unspoken agreement of GMs not taking waiver claims from other GMs. And even though a guy like uh, uh, Jimmy Vesey just went, um, it kind of looked like uh, Toronto was done playing around with him. I wonder if the conversations start with the GMs of like, are you cool if I make this play? Because all the evidence is there, right? Svechnikov has shown his talent. He's not a big number to take over. Uh, and you can just give it a shot, see what happens. Especially a team like Carolina. I could have him play with his brother. So is is that it? Is, is the evidence there? Have I made enough of a case that uh, even though this wasn't even the, the claim that I made on Twitter, um, but now that I agree with that uh, – GMs are just talking behind closed doors, saying, "Hey, can I take your buddy?" And they're saying no. Or is it just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim anybody on waivers this year, besides besides Jimmy Vesey. <laughs> yeah, I uh, it's it's pretty stunning um, that he keeps clearing waivers. Is that is that twice or three times now? Uh, twice twice this year. A uh, 24 year old guy who's shown some skill. I, I, I don't know why nobody's taking a chance on him. Um, I mean, the Red Wings are arguably taking more chances by putting him on waivers again. Um, but is it just that there's such a um, an abundance of, uh, like, God, how, isn't, he, isn't the dude, like, yeah, he's six foot three, 200 pounds. Are there that many six foot three, 200 pounds, like, kind of, uh, he can win. He can maybe be a center. Is is that really? There's that many guys out there that there's no interest in the rest of the league, or is it just kind of teams are kind of buckling down and getting their getting their uh, you know their shizzle together for um, the Kraken next season? So it's almost like maybe they're maybe that would kind of screw up their plans as they kind of get organized for um, you know the type of players that you have to have. Um, on contract that you can protect and couldn't protect. And so maybe he would just be eating up too valuable a roster spot. That's, I mean, that I would say, I don't know enough about like what the ins and outs are of that or what every team's situation is. It's probably a possibility that that squeaks in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only real reason I can think of is, you know, it's just too valuable a roster spot, you know, maybe to, you know, a guy you might only have for a little bit of time and, yeah, he'd either you know be gone outright because I think isn't this the Red Wings have to re-sign him as a restricted free agent coming up? Mm -hmm. You got that correct. Yeah. Yeah, one of those things too, like the, an odd way that this all works is I, I think they can actually wait to sign him until after the expansion draft, which is kind of weird. But yeah, 
so I guess, yeah, uh, uh, we might be in agreement with one asterisk that maybe there's a lot of um, Kraken expansion draft coming into play. Uh, so I don't know, Mike, if, if you want to play your game or if we want to discuss the Vancouver COVID situation. Yeah, let's quick. do the let's do the mind. game and then uh, we'll oh, do okay. the trades because um, the trades are always my favorite thing. And, you know, I want to make sure we have time. Uh, Matt, so, you know, uh, looking at the Red Wings stat sheet um, for today, five five goals, which we don't see that very often. That's uh, once in a blue moon for our boys in red. But, uh, Matt, speaking of that, basically everybody had a cameo on the old stat sheet. And, Matt, that made me do a little research about uh, Red Wings on the Cameo app. Matt, you can get uh, videos of, well, maybe not your most favorite players, but there's definitely some some real current and former Red Wings you could get out there. So, Matt, I, uh, I found some numbers for what these guys are charging, um, and I got some names for you, and we're going to see if you can kind of Put these together for the who's who. So, Matt, this is uh, our first ever edition of Red Wing Cameo. Matt, are you excited? I'm ready to go. Oh, boy. Matt, I'm going to give you three three names and one number. All right? It's the funniest number in the list. It's $69 is what this person is charging. Matt, is that number belong to Evgeny Svechnikov? who might need that money uh, very shortly here, uh, Darren McCarty or Ken Daniels? <laughs> Who's charging $69 for a cameo? I... Uh, I wonder if you're trying to, like, throw me off by making a joke about Svechnikov. Um, yeah, I'm going to go that route. I'm going to say you're trying to play the game master. What do, what do you call it? Um the host is trying to play the, the gamer. So I, I'm going Svechnikov. Man, not a bad guess, but the $69 man, Ken Daniels himself. Wow. Charging $69 for a cameo. So uh, he really does not want to be doing a ton of them. <laughs> I, uh, I am not paying $69 for a That's a lot. Um, does that go towards the uh, the Daniels Foundation? Because that would, that would make me feel really bad about making fun of it. There are a couple that I excluded because they are going specifically towards uh, charities. And um, this one was a little ambiguous because it looked like he would just kind of, you know, do whatever. Um, but, Matt, we're going to do another fun number here because that one is still a little up in the air. And it was just a, a shocking and hilarious number that we had to share. Matt, we're going to go with the largest number on the board. You can choose between Darren McCarty, Bobby Ryan, or Evgeny Svechnikov, the man who might need the money more than anyone else. Matt, who is charging 109 effing dollars for a cameo? Oh my gosh. Uh, maybe maybe he does really good, and that's why he only took a million dollar contract, which would be <laughs> Mr. Bobby Ryan. Matt, incorrect! That is ah. Darren McCarty from the what? comfort of his couch. Oh man. No, all you gotta do is get a podcast and... Uh... <laughs> Put it on for two years, um, and then he'll come on your show. Yeah, that's, uh... So uh, whenever you do a Cameo account, basically you do like a teaser one, and you kind of say, hey, I'm, you know, Ken Daniels. You know, I'm going to tell you a Red Wings story, or I'll, you know, call a game. You know, do a one of my famous <laughs> calls call for you. Game. <laughs> I'll call one of your pickup games $69. for 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now he's kind of selling himself short. I mean, come on, let's get that uh, Bailey sports money going. 
Uh, but Darren McCarty is leaned back from the comfort of his couch. Man, you can hear him cracking a cold one while he's making his announcement. Uh, it's uh, nice. it's it's definitely YouTube glory. It's hilarious. Now, Matt, we've got a couple of 54.99s on there, but we're actually going to go with the $6.99. Easily the cheapest cameo from a Detroit Red Wing from this list. Matt, here are the contenders. We've got Mr. Bobby Ryan, Evgeny, I might need some money soon, Svechnikov, and Mr. Sam Gagne himself. Matt, who is the $6.99 man? Your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, let's do... Um, oh, God, it seems mean for me to go and pick Sam Gagne. I don't know. Svechnikov's been an answer on all of these, and it hasn't been him yet, so that's another game to play. So let's say Svechnikov, just because he's been an answer in every... Matt, he is not the answer for other GMs. He's not the answer for the Red Wings. He is not the answer to this question. Matt, it is Sam Gagne. Charging $6.99. Wow. He is the only one uh, not necessarily sending you a video. You could do a direct message from Sam Gagne for $6.99. What a bargain. So that means that Bobby Ryan, one of the Red Wings' top goal scorers, soon to be on the block for the trade deadline, $54.99 for a cameo. And Matt, easily the youngest of the bunch. Matt, he is working that cameo life like a wizard. Matt, the fifty, also a fifty-four ninety-nine man of Genny Svechnikov. Woo! I don't know if the oh, other yeah. GMs aren't touching that because there was something in his contract that you gotta, you know, throw a few cameos his way from ownership side. But man, oh man, crazy money fun. for this stuff. Yeah, it was a fun game. Um... I will um, say, don't don't look it up again because I got another round, um, and it's gonna be a good one because it's gonna have Scotty Bowman in it. Oh, okay. I won't look it up. Don't look it up, man. Don't look it. Up. I won't look up Scotty Bowman so I can get. No, don't no, no, This is like uh, you know, playing trivia. They they give you a free answer when you you text in. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get that free Scotty Bowman answer. It's like that's how you play it. No, I'm, I, I won't. No. Um. All right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, let's play, uh, let's play the, the last game that's not really a game. is uh, us going through our trades on podcast.com oh, slash Red Wings Rant. Uh, Jesse, our boy, blogger extraordinaire, uh, put together a ton of trades. He is also um, in Pennsylvania, so th that's where all of this comes from. He knows a lot about the Philadelphia Flyers. That's where a lot of this came from. Uh, Mike, did you get a chance to check out the article when it went up? Not this particular one, no. So let's uh, let's jump in here. Uh, we've got Bernier moving first. I I actually gave my my thoughts on this, and you guys can check that out too. We also have uh, the man named Dan uh, from Philadelphia. He also threw in some thoughts. So you've got Flyers thoughts, Red Wings thoughts, and then Jesse, who's our uh, as I mentioned, blogger extraordinaire, giving uh, his thoughts. As to why the Red Wings would make these moves. So go check it out again, bodpodcast.com slash Red Wings Rant. Mike uh, Bernier moving for uh, Brian Elliott, who is not really playing so hot, and a second round draft pick from, from Philly. So the Red Wings still get a guy to put in net for Bernier and a second round, a 2021 second round pick from Philly. Uh, the consensus around the league is that you don't get a ton of return, even if you have a great goaltender to move. Uh, so it's even 
it's even to the point where Iserman might just hang on to Bernier because goalies don't fetch a ton. So just hang on to him. So this is something where Iserman gets to hold on to a goalie. And then we get a it's a pretty high actually return for for a goaltender when you look at the the history. So se- second round pick. I mean, considering what Bernier's record and and statistics look like from what a GM usually looks at compared to what you know we as nerds of hockey that want to take a look at the advanced analytics, we can see that Bernier is playing out of his mind as the uh, number seven goalie right now in five on five play uh, in goals saved above expected. Um, so yeah, all that thrown together, we get it. We know Bernier's a catch around the league. Might not see it, but fetching a second round pick here, Mike. Um, I that's say a, that's yes. a really nice return for a pending unrestricted free agent. Right. Um, maybe for a restricted free agent. Um, I, I man, if we we're gonna play that game, who says no? <sighs> Probably Philly, right? Maybe they want to just kind of lower the draft pick number a little bit um because i mean elliot's literally in there to be like a pylon because that's what he's been doing in net uh with his uh 888 save percentage not uh not the ideal number that you're looking for uh because we already got grice the greiser doing that um (laughs) (laughs) but um man you know in in the defense of the trade bernier uh you know like you know like i i made the comment earlier you just looked at this game and said hey look at uh, mark Stahl. he's leading on five on five defenseman he got a goal today what a hot asset that is you know and maybe didn't necessarily watch the whole game so i'd say if you watch on the flip side if you watch bernier games and see how many times that guy stands on his head uh for this team you know what an mvp is and we talk him up every episode so maybe you know Iserman, in addition to sending this trade offer for a second round pick, also sends in the highlight video of Mr. Bernier. You know, maybe Philly is like, yeah, yeah you're right. You know, we'll get rid of uh, that roster spot with Elliot. And you know what? You're worth it. Good call. Second round pick. All in. And and a lot of their issues uh, with them trying to decide, are they going to be buyers or sellers and pushing them out of contention for the playoffs uh, would be because of their goaltending. So that's where this would probably be something where they, they would get to tell themselves, all right, now we can contend for the playoffs. We're going to have a little bit of a run here at the end. We'll lock up that fourth spot and go bingo. Uh, and, and that that's also a point of contention with this article too, for anybody uh, just tuning in and hearing us talk about, uh, uh, I guess that's for the live viewers. If you're listening to the podcast, you got to listen to the whole thing. Uh, but the Flyers and Red Wings trade uh, does come with the asterisk. This whole article is that the Flyers are going to be buyers. Um, wasn't Ooh. going for the rhyme, but it, it came up. Because uh, I think I a lot it. of people have made have already made the assessment that guys are going to come flying out of uh, Philly. Pun not intended. Uh, because uh, they, they're just, they're, they're trending so far down so fast it's going to be hard to like pull up and uh and kind of right the ship but uh as, as we move down here mike um we have now this is going to be fun because i'm just going to throw out a pronunciation for this name uh but we have john merrill heading out for rub stuff uh from philadelphia so i you'd have to do some digging but this, this is this is something to me where I think you could lose Merrill because we have some space that could be filled. Uh, and Merrill 
we have space that could be filled in Merrill's position down in Grand Rapids, no problem. I, I don't hate John Merrill, but I also don't think he's the game-changing defenseman. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree with that. So you could send him out, bring in another pros- bring in a prospect for the Detroit Red Wings to play around with, and then probably bring John Merrill back after the season. That's, that's a very good possibility. He was so excited to come to Detroit to play. I think you, you're basically sending him out, uh, giving him a shot somewhere else. And for Philly, they're having some trouble on the defensive side, and this is a cheap replacement. This is a cheap way to fill out, and maybe if they are buyers, they could spend more money, uh, spend more cap space for another trade of somebody else coming in, and then this would just be something where they can have a reliable defenseman on the backside. Yeah, I mean, it's... um. It's not the sexiest trade, but, um, you know, the the blog post definitely makes mention of how, you know, Eisenman has really uh, doubled down on reclamation projects. Um, so it's definitely something that's up his alley. Um, you know, one of those guys, you know, that was highly touted and maybe hasn't quite gotten to that, you know, ceiling that, you know, we thought he would. So give up on a solid, um, you know, you know what you're getting, entity. Um, and Merrill uh, for upstop might, you know, it's not, not unheard of for uh, um, the Iserman philosophy for sure. Right. And I also threw in there too, Scott Wheeler has him ranked as uh, 18th on the, the Flyers prospect rankings. Um, so I, you know, you throw that in there. There's a lot of guys that are like past 10 in the rankings for, for what Scott Wheeler ranks these guys and they'll never sniff the NHL. But I think if you come back to that point that John Merrill might just head back to the Red Wings, we're not looking for a Stanley cup this year. Why not? Let's try it out. Um, all right. So here's, here's where it gets uh, interesting. Uh, Wade Allison, who is a top 10 prospect for Philly, according to Scott Wheeler and a first round pick heading over to Detroit for Mike. This is, Crazy nut bar, Philip Horonic. Woo! All right. Now, I think my largest response was to this trade. Um, just I the way my head works, I look at Philip Horonic as untouchable. I think this is a guy that you want to keep working out in your own system because he seems to be a, a fit. Um, and even with the struggles earlier on this season, he's turned it on to such a level that he's overcome whatever the advanced analytics said uh, again at the beginning of the season. And now production wise leader in points on the team, advanced analytics wise doing super fine. So are you getting enough of a return for a guy who's a set top six defenseman easily top four defensemen across the league, number one defenseman for the Detroit Red Wings Uh, again, a first round pick in 2022 and Wade Allison. And and the thing to consider with Philly going down, the ship uh, heading into the ocean, is that this 2022 first-round pick could certainly be a lottery pick. Man. Lottery picks, uh, woo, they're, uh, they're hard to turn down. But I feel like the whole reason you, you know, get a lottery pick is to try and draft, you know, a right. top four defensemen, you know, a top six forward. And even if you're not sold on Hronik being, you know, the number one of the future, and that's okay. I'm pretty sure we have some guys right now, uh, you know, whose last name's riding with uh, Biter, um, you know, coming up the pipeline. 
he's still a really good player. He still eats up a lot of minutes. Uh, we play him in basically every situation. Um, and he's one of the, you know, league leaders in uh, shooting pucks really, really far when there's an empty net. Uh, he's also, for the Red Wings, one of our top uh, point scorers, uh, tons of assists. I, I Even with, you know, first-round pick, oof, it is it is a sexy offer. I I don't think Koronik is untouchable, but I do think that Eiserman would maybe say no. I, I agree. I, I think this this does this sends us in the wrong direction. Um, where you want to have, I mean, if we're looking three years down the line, and Heronic is um, arguably like the veteran defenseman at that point, I think that's the perfect way to look at it. I mean, a guy who's got like this much ability at twenty three, I, I you know, and we're we're gonna be able to pay him whatever we want here as the you know restricted free agent. I. I this is definitely the type of asset that you do cling to. So I I think Philadelphia would – man, I don't know if they throw in a first for Hronik. Man, um, it's so hard to gauge uh, the value of those sometimes. But I do think that Iserman would keep the Hroner. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think. But that is, that, that is easily the toughest offer so far that we've gone through today with Philadelphia. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think we've got, uh, Mike, do you have time for more? Yeah. We've got a few more. Uh, Troy Stetcher, uh, is involved in this next one. We, I ranked him as my number one defenseman in the midseason grades. Um, I still have no problem saying that. I think Blaschel, uh, recently put him, um, uh, he was a healthy scratch because he's not doing a lot of special teams. Uh, so that, that just told me that whatever Blaschel system is, whatever the Red Wings system is, um, He's not exactly a perfect fit for them, even though I see a lot. So what I what, that came into this decision, but Stetcher going to Philadelphia uh, for Prosser, who's uh, not going to make a huge – this is a $700,000 uh, contract that is just going to help us fill out the roster. And then uh, Nolan Patrick, the former first-round pick, the former number two pick, uh, for Philly that hasn't quite panned out and a third round pick from Philly. Uh, so you, you pretty much look at Prosser and just say, that's fine. That'll help us fill out the roster is kind of how I looked at it. I He's 30, he's 34 now kind of thing. Uh, but the, the exciting part would just be, can the Red Wings turn Nolan Patrick into anything? Can he, can he go past what right now looks like to be a bottom six forward middle six at best uh can you get him to that middle six sort of tier um so at least there's a possibility of a second line in his future that's where the fun part is and then the third round pick is a third round pick for a guy like troy stetcher that um like i said he's playing great hockey i gave him high marks um for my mid-season grades my, my best defenseman on the team but um yeah, I, th- I think he, he's not a guy that's, uh, for the rest of his career, a Detroit Red Wing. I'd be happy because, like I said, I ranked him very high. Uh, I just don't see it. So I think if you can fetch something for him now in, in a season that's not going to make a huge difference if we have him or not uh, for our final record, yeah, uh, I say give this one a shot. This uh, this has Fabry move written all over it. Um, right. I mean, the dude was a 
what was that the number two pick in 2017 um i think he missed the whole didn't he miss all of last season uh that i don't know for sure but um i'll just say that yeah it looks Not like he's the top of my head I'm pretty sure he missed the whole season of play. Um, he was doing, you know, about a point every other game um, his first two years in the league. And then uh, this season he's, you know, not had the greatest um, surface level numbers. But, I mean, he'd be getting a lot of ice time here. And uh, I, I I know Iserman sees a lot of value in those guys who were, you know, highly touted. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe they just need a little change of scenery. So I – I think Iserman, if this was really out there, I think he would jump all over this one. Um, and were we just we we're getting a draft pick back in, in addition to Nolan Patrick? Yeah, and then another roster spot uh, filled in with Prosper. Somebody to just uh, kind of help the balance yeah. sheet. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I think Iserman would be all over this if it was it was really out there. Um, yeah, I guess the scuttlebutt from Philadelphia's side is that they are ready to deal Patrick. They're they're done playing around. So the fans would be happy with this too from a Philly perspective. So um yeah, I, I think our, our pool of talent from uh right down the middle is pretty light. So let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice. Um yeah. next one's a Luke Landenning trade. Uh we'd probably take it. It's a couple of draft picks. Hell yeah. All right. So the one after that, like this is where <laughs> It gets, uh, it gets, um, it's going to get interesting because it's, it's Anthony Mantha. Oh, uh, so I see quite, I see quite a haul coming back, Matt. Uh, give me, give me one sec here. Cause I want to pull up all the stats before I, or actually, let me see if I have these down in my own, uh, my own notes. Uh, so it looked like the we were giving up Mantha. Was it a first round pick, like a fourth round pick, and is that a prospect in a current NHLer? Because I see uh, Morgan Morgan Frost is on there. Um, yeah, so he's he's another the, former first rounder. He's the top prospect according to Scott Wheeler, or he's number one or number two off the top of my head. Uh, and, and it's it's somebody that um, I mean Philly would be very upset. I, I'm guessing to lose. Uh, it's it's not something that uh, he he's not a guy that you you just casually write in as uh, trade bait kind of thing, uh, right. but yeah. And then and then Gustafson, twenty nine year old defenseman, um, ten points in twenty four games this year, not terrible. Um, but yeah, so you, you're you're getting another defenseman. Um, I mean, he's a pending UFA, uh, but yeah, Morgan Frost is the real get here. I would love to turn that 2021 first round pick into a 2022. Um, but yeah, you're, you're giving up Mantha. You're getting, you're, you're basically saying this is a guy, uh, Morgan Frost is by all accounts from people who spend their entire lives watching prospects. This guy's a sure <laughs> center. NHL. Uh, yeah. So the Red Wings who, who have a Berggren, have a Lucas Raymond, have those wingers. They have a Zadina that probably wants to fight for the first line. They have their wingers. So now you trade one of our wingers, uh, you know, Anthony Mantha, and get a center instead, which, again, we just mentioned, where the Nolan Patrick one fits in, where we're just like, ah, let's roll the dice on, on this because Troy Stetcher might not have been sticking around um, and see where that goes. This is where, all right, now we have a prospect that we're holding on to. Um, this, this is our boy. This guy gets elevated into – 
you know, uh, again, according to people who knew no better than us, a for sure thing in the NHL. This uh, this trade is uh, a really sexy haul. Um, I I don't know if uh, Philly would be on board with that. Um, but again, it's you know something we we rehash almost every episode with these uh, trade rumors. Do you want somebody proven? And you know, I think you you're starting to understand what you're going to get out of Mantha, or do you want to roll the dice on this? You know, uh, what's his name? Frost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I guess this is the trade that I would most want to be in the war room for. You know, if Steve is actually, you know, he's not saying that Mantha's on the table, but he's listening to offers. So I would be fascinated to see what the rest of the league thinks of Mantha because. Uh, much in the same way we were shocked at how little value they see in Evgeny, um, I would really be interested to see what kind of value other teams put in uh, Manta. Yeah, I I think from a maybe a chaos standpoint, and from a let's let's give us some more centers. And again, by all accounts, guy would be a for sure thing. Uh, I I think I I'd go with this, but I I don't. I don't think Iserman would say yes is, is how I put it in, uh, in my thoughts. Uh, but I, I, I would say yes to this. Uh, I like, I like the action here again, the first round pick in 2022 seems more juicy, but, um, if you're getting, if you're, if you're trading a guy that's a for sure NHLer and Morgan Frost, again, if uh, I don't see why this, this hurts us that, that badly, especially with trying to fill out a roster with more centers and, and trying to find a guy, now uh rather than just hoping we continue to fail and continue to draft from you know uh the top three picks and and run into a center hoping we run into shane Wright kind of thing you know that that can go away um so uh with that uh that those are the trades where philly is coming to us saying we need to improve our our team so here's what we're willing to give up um we need to improve now but there yeah. are. Do you have time, like, to go through these other trades? Because we could save them. Actually, uh, maybe we could save these for the next. I would say, yeah, because the next the next couple trades are all about um, weaponizing the cap. So I would say we should save all the weaponizing cap trades for the next episode. Yeah, and these these actually go into you know the NHL draft talk too. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff here that doesn't need to happen now. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a look at that. Uh, we'll take a look at that on the next episode. All right, uh, Mike, we went over an hour. I can't believe we did that. Um, we do it like every other episode. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, everybody, check out bodpodcast.com slash Red Wings Rant to check out that full uh, listing of trades. And I uh, hope you guys uh, like it and send us a comment on, on what you think about each trade. We'd, we'd greatly appreciate it to see uh, where we can head next to. If you guys want to see another team, uh, hopefully we can bang one out uh, real quick before the uh, trade deadline. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.